Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. It's time to get your teach on. some time and it has we've had a little bit of change going on in our a little bit podcast a little bit or a lot of bit a lot of bit yeah. and so we would like to formally i guess welcome you to the get your teach on podcast that's it formerly known as the new edu same podcast new name we just wanted to shake it up a little bit for this season we figured we would go ahead and change the name too yeah we've we, we've had a lot of just people reaching out saying hey we're searching for your podcast and we can't find the Get Your Teach On podcast. And we're like, well, <laughs> it's not called Get Your Teach On. It's called New EDU. And they were like, well, why is it called New EDU? So we did some reflection and we said, you know what? We can make this we happen. We figured it'd be easier to streamline everything. For everything. Into one That's big right. place for everybody to find whatever it is that you're looking for to fuel yourself for this crazy game of education and... Life. Fill fill your heart. Fill your heart. So we are so excited to dive into a new season. And listen, this is still the same podcast. We are still going to be giving you lots of teaching strategies, lots of ideas, inspiring you to continue to change the game in education. But we are also going to do, as we've always done, and have a lot of real talk. We want to address all of the issues going on in education, all of the things that teachers are facing. We want to bring people and stories to you to, to recognize that you are not alone in the things that you're feeling. That number one, teaching is, has always been, and will always be a very difficult profession. And right now, specifically, we are in a season of teaching that just seems to be extra difficult for many of us, most of us out there teaching, continuing to teach during a pandemic. So this year we thought that maybe we were going to be, you know, kind of coming out of this a little bit. And we saw a little bright spot in, in the world and in the world of education. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have seen that they, they got a taste of what it was like with the pandemic being over and they saw the light and they experienced it. And then all of a sudden, we're kind of back in it again. We felt was what it was like to have masks Life. off for yeah. a little bit. And, yeah. then, and now here we are back in the world of the unknown, back in a world of education where it's mm-hmm. honestly a second-by-second game, a minute-by-minute game. And so today, we wanted to begin this season by having those very real conversations and start it off by you know, first of all, validating, recognizing the the uncertainties that educators have mm-hmm. right now, the frustrations that educators have right now. And so um, we wanted to bring one of our very good friends on who has been such an inspiration to Wade and I in many yes. difficult seasons, especially Wade and I have always been very open about our struggles with depression and anxiety and Wade being recently diagnosed with PTSD mm-hmm. and the importance of protecting our mental health and making sure that we are 
are aware of our struggles and supporting ourselves and getting ourselves the help that we need or the support that we need. And this person has been extremely inspirational to us in that and just so knowledgeable, so, so much wisdom. So welcome to for the first time to the Get Your Teach On podcast, <laughs> Daniel Patterson, everybody. Welcome, Daniel, to Get Your Teach On, formerly That's known right. as the new EDU. <laughs> They, thank you for having me. That was quite the intro. I appreciate that. And I'm excited to be here and talk about what I love most, which is wellness and mental health and how it fits into every nook and cranny of education, even though we often pretend it doesn't, or we don't have time to uh, understand how vital it is to our collective wellness and, and our kids, students. Yeah. So before we dive into that and what we're going to talk about today, I do just want to give you a second to introduce yourself to everyone, let them know what your work has been in specifically and kind of who you are. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you. I I am uh, the director of a therapeutic high school currently in West LA. Before that, I was in public education for 14 years. I taught English for 10 years, and then I was a high school assistant principal of a high-performing public high school in Southern California. I like to speak and write, and um, you can find me on the gram or TikTok doing some dad moves, you know, anything and everything. I dad moves. To, yeah, dad moves. I have three That's kids. Right. That is it. Happily married to my wife, Caroline, and uh, yeah, things are good. He's got quite the moves, everybody. He really does have quite the moves. <laughs> the best moves. Best so, dad moves. We just kind of want to honestly rip the Band-Aid off and talk about education right now and teachers in this season of teaching. And to be honest with you, I know that we've had a lot of conversations with Daniel outside of this podcast episode specifically mm -hmm. and lots lots of conversations with our team and educators. And Wade and I have had the fortunate opportunity over the past honestly, eight weeks of traveling literally across the country, working with educators, working with schools, being in all different types of school districts, systems, kind of all over. And honestly, one of the biggest things that we have seen is, yes, teachers are excited. Yes, they are excited for a new school year. They are excited to work with kids, many of them in person for the first time in a very long time. But in that same breath, and we all know that you can feel multiple things at one time, in that same breath, mm -hmm. a lot of teachers are saying, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, I hate teaching right now. Right. I this is not something that I'm enjoying. This is not the teaching that I signed up for. We all know that teaching, instruction, academics looks very differently than it has in the past. You know, we're coming off of many schools and some still doing this, teaching virtually while still being tested and all of the standardized testing, they're getting those results back. Many schools are, of course, as we all knew, are not seeing the results that they wanted to see, which is, you know, for teachers who worked so hard during the pandemic and then they're they're being measured and assessed by these certain metrics that, you know, honestly, what do they even mean at this point in the game? There's just a lot of emotions, a lot of big, big feelings around education. And so today we kind of wanted to talk about how do we basically buy time before we burn out because we need, at the end of the day, good teachers in this profession. And so um, that's just kind of what we want to mm -hmm. chat about a little bit. And Daniel, I know that we've talked about this a lot and right. you've kind of heard the same thing from educators. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's okay to feel two things at the same time, right? I mean, look, I have three kids. I love my kids, but sometimes they just annoy me to no end, right? Like two feelings at the same time. I love you, but I would like to gently chuck you across the room because <laughs> you're in my space, right? You know? 
So, and, and with education, it's, if you look at it, so much of our life outside of education has changed. Like the protocols with six feet and masks and just, you name it, the world has changed. But if you're taking like your old educational philosophy and energy and trying to apply it to a system that's just, it's not congruent with that right now, you're naturally going to get frustrated. And so it's about, in, in my opinion, it's about giving yourself permission to to teach in the season as the season allows without holding yourself responsible or shaming yourself or, you know, hitting your head against the wall because you're not making momentum where really momentum is not plausible. It's not probable. And it's really not healthy because the amount of effort that you would have to extend to move that needle will cost you the emotional equity and peace that you need in other facets of your life. Right. And if you look at it like a pie chart, all people are pie charts, but educators, a lot of educators are spending 85, 90% of their emotional and mental equity on a profession, leaving 10%, 15% for the rest of their life as a, as a mother or as a husband or a partner or a father, whatever, or just as a friend. And so that exhaustion repetition, if we're this early in the school year and we're already feeling this fatigue, we have to understand you need to carve out more time for yourself. And yes, you might feel that it's at the expense of your students. But the, the cost on your students, if you're not there anymore, ever, or if you step away from the profession because you burn out, sometimes you have to pay a small price now to build equity to cash in later and have that longevity and that sort of new life breathe into the profession once things calm down and we can get back to education as we went into it, as we knew it. That's kind of my philosophy on that. I mean, that's, that, that is something that... As you said, I mean, it's easier to say than to kind of comprehend. And I was just trying to think about the guilt that teachers right. wear. And that's exactly what you were you, you you were kind of pointing to. It's 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 one of those things where teachers, we we wear eighty-five percent of our life into what we do all the time. And there's only that fifteen to ten percent, twenty-five percent left if you are focusing. And that's still not enough. Right. And I think we do have to understand, and you made a great point of the, this isn't the same world that right. we've lived in. This isn't the same world that we've operated in inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. And so you're not going to be the same exact teacher you were even a year and a half, two years ago. Things right. are different and that is okay. Because again, and I love that you said this a few times, you this is only this season, right? right? I mean, it's it's only right now. And what do you have to do to last and do the best that you can for yourself during this season to make sure that that equity you can cash in later on? I mean, that's that's powerful. And I think we just have to keep reminding ourselves that this is not the same. This is not the same. This is not the same. You can't compare, compare yourself or your teaching to what we did two years ago because it's not the same. Well, and I, I mean, yes, and I, I think that every teacher out there that's listening is going to be like, yes, a hundred, like this is right. how we feel. This is, you know, we we understand, like they understand that they need to be able to pour into themselves, right? But what about teachers, you know, because the the argument on the other side of this is this all sounds great, but we're working for an educational system, school districts right. who are still requiring of us the same that has always been required and then some, right? And so 
what do we do as educators when in our minds, in our hearts, and in our community of of teachers, right, in our our silo of educators who we Mm -hmm. all feel this way, we all understand the stresses that we're under, the Mm -hmm. pressures, we all understand that we need to pour into ourselves and take care of ourselves, but the outside pressures are telling us something completely different. How do we navigate an educational system that is not supporting teacher wellness, but rather teacher burnout, in my opinion, that's right. kind of how, how the system is set up. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good dilemma. Uh, but I think it hits, that dilemma hits high quality teachers more than low quality teachers, right? Oh, our yeah. high, our yeah. high performers. And that takes it to the sense of agency. Like what is your sense of agency or identity? Typically when life feels out of control, we hyperfixate on things that will make us feel validated or give us endorphins or help us feel in control. And that's the classroom and that's the instruction. And comparison is the thief of joy. So you have to really tune out what other people are doing, even in their classrooms. Maybe this year, you can't do the transformations for every thematic unit like you used to, because you've committed to giving yourself an hour to take a clarity walk after work, right? So that when you go home and you show up for your family, you can show up more balanced and and less stressed. I always find it funny because we will take phones from kids or we'll take phones from our own kids or set tablet time limits, right? We're all about that as adults. It's really about getting an accountability partner to help you apply those same limits to yourself, like taking that email off of your phone or committing mm-hmm. to not to not emailing non-essential emails in, you know, on non-office hours. That's easy to say though because, you know, I have several uh, my kids are in elementary school and they use Class Dojo and and I'm always messaging with the teachers, right? And they're mm-hmm. engaging in those messages. But I was at back to school night, what was that two nights ago, and my 5th grader's teacher said, you know, this year, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z like I normally do. And I was thought that was so brave of her and so powerful for her just to set that expectation because she's yes. been at the school several years. She has a reputation for being the best like STEAM-oriented fifth grade teacher. And she just said, look, I'm not going to do all of the things that I used to do in this season, in this environment. And all the parents were like, absolutely, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. don't, right? And so it's just... I'm sure that took a lot of courage just to say that. But when you establish it early and often that things are going to be a little bit different with how we're moving, she's still going to hit the standards. She still has the same humor and grace and and collaboration and communicative skills that have made her who she is. Mm -hmm. But she's given herself permission to dial it down like about 20% to save that 20% for her emotional needs. And I think that, you know, what you said about giving herself permission, right? That is what many of us struggle with because I am one of those teachers that is type A, that is a rule follower, that wants to do, if something is required of me, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And so one thing that I know that I've had to challenge myself with, especially being someone who is that type A performer, that if I'm going to do something and my name's going to be attached to it, it is going to be done well, it's going to be done right. A lot of times the pressure that we're saying that the system is putting on us or that our administrator is putting on us or that our district office or or whatever the mandates are, a lot of times when we sit down and really evaluate, it's not even so much the pressures that they are putting on ourselves. It is the policies that then we are applying the pressure to create, to be perfect, right? To create Correct. our own version of perfectionism. And so I think that that is kind of the starting place for so many of us or for people who at least are like me 
to stop and say, okay, let me just really sit down and evaluate where my pressure is coming from, where my stress is coming. Because, you know, we all, and and it's talk of mental health and and just mindfulness. The first step is an awareness of recognizing what is causing me to feel so much intense pressure? What is causing me to feel so much stress during the season? And to really evaluate, is it other people placing the pressure or is it the, mm-hmm. the you know, yeah. processes yeah. and procedures that then yeah. I am taking and putting pressure on myself for, yeah. you know? I'm telling you that, that, that is me. And, and for so long, I, I would mistake busy for successful. Yes. And, and if you mistake busy for successful, you're setting yourself up for burnout. And also Amen. how, and it is so subjective, a lot of, it's much easier for us to say that I'm feeling this way because my principal or my district or my state is mandating these standards. Right. Right. Blame it. But that doesn't mean I have to turn my classroom into like a 4D diorama to teach about (laughs) dinosaurs to hit that, to hit that standard. Right. Like those are, those are choices that make you that teacher that make you that bring you joy. But there's not like if you think about like a wartime mentality, there's not things there's certain things that you just can't do anymore if you want to have be a whole person and and pay attention to your whole self. And so when you continue to behave that way, which is good in a normal season, but if you behave that way in a season that that's not built for that, then the other parts of your life are going to crumble and you're going to develop maladaptive coping skills or tarnish relationships or, or lose a lot of valuable time that you could spend keeping yourself well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, I just, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> my mind, my mind is just blown because I mean, as, as you're talking, it's Hope and I have during the month of August, we've, we've traveled a lot and spoke to a lot of different schools and principals and leaders. And they would all say that, listen, we, our teachers are required to turn in lesson plans or they are what they are required to do certain things, but we don't want them to to have to feel like it has to be done right now. And I remember one time at the beginning of one of our workshops, Hope was talking about lesson plans and the principal literally stood up and applauded because she was like, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be color coded. They don't have to be aligned a certain way. These are for you. And it, it's it's one of those things, and I've, I recently read something too, and this this is also something that teachers really, really need to look at their leaders for because perpetuating that burnout starts with their administration. All the, the principals and the administrators that we have seen this summer, they do take their time. Yes, they work hard, but they take their time, they take their PTO hours, and they take their breaks. If your leaders are taking their breaks, you need to take your break. And that's, and I know that doesn't happen everywhere, but that also goes for your colleagues. You, no one gets a, a medal of honor because, like you said, Daniel, you, you, you're overworking. You're busy. You, you're not effective. Busyness doesn't mean effectiveness. And at the end of the day, that's what we're striving to do is to be effective for our students, for ourselves, but also our personal lives and the people we love. Well, I think when it comes to burnout, though, like when we're looking at burnout, you know, we're looking for someone to blame, I think. And I think that, you know, that becomes the issue then of blaming systems, blaming processes, Mm -hmm. blaming mandates, blaming a pandemic, because it's much easier to place blame than to recognize that the issue is the choices that we are making, right? right? And, you know, I mean, so much of that is then when we're not recognizing where the true, I guess, 
blame should be placed or who's really placing that pressure on us, mm-hmm. which is many times ourselves, then we realize, like you said, which is kind of what you talked about at the very beginning, that we're falling short on everything and then we start feeling guilty with everything. Well, for me, when I start feeling guilty, then obviously, I mean, equally as much, I'm not feeling motivated, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I'm not being effective. So I'm feeling guilty. And then what I'm doing is not enough. And then that leads to exhaustion. That leads me to just throwing my hands up and saying, okay, I'm done. But I think that one of the biggest things that we need to recognize, in addition to that awareness that we've discussed and how important it is to recognize where this stress is truly coming from and is, is a lot of it self-placed, but also in addition to the awareness is, you know, like you said, giving ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to set realistic expectations. Because I think that is where the key is to not burning out this year or, you know, having the, I guess, the repercussions, the effects, the lasting effects of last year kind of play a role this year. You know, this is a new year. We have to let last year go, right? And I know that many of us are still feeling trauma. We're still feeling the effects of it. And I'm not saying don't feel those things. But if that if you're already entering the year exhausted, fine. Start with where you're at. <laughs> and from that, yeah. set realistic expectations of yourself that's saying, I'm start just like that te- the story that you told about your your child's teacher is the perfect example. Because recognizing that, you know what, I'm tired starting off this year. I'm already stressed. I'm already frustrated that yep. we're still here and every minute could be different. She she was wise enough to say, know where you are. I am going to allow myself and give myself permission to set expectations that I know that I can maintain because then when I'm able to achieve the expectations that I have of myself, I'm going to feel less guilt, which is going to be more motivating, which like you talked about the longevity of mm-hmm. this career and this job, that's going to allow you to be able to get through a difficult season. Mm-hmm. And that as a parent sitting in there and someone who's, you know, studies mental health and education, my takeaway from that wasn't, oh, she's lazy. My takeaway was like, I was so excited because she is in tune with her own mental health needs that I, I have complete confidence that she's going to be in tune with my daughter's mental health needs, right? right? Because she is, she is adjusting accordingly based on the landscape of today. And, uh, one of the fallacies that I, that I'm going to say, and I don't mean this to be rude, but, you know, working as hard as you've ever worked and trying to create all the things that you've ever created today, isn't going to change. It it isn't going to change the reality. It's not going to bring back yesterday. Right. And so the happiness through osmosis or trying to be busy so that you can try to be the big fixer. If, if we had that superpower, the pandemic would be over. (laughs) (laughs) but we but we don't we don't have that the other thing that i think is really important for me in terms of education is also having touchstones in your life that are non-educators and i love my educator friends and and teaching i remember i mean it taught 10 years and the teachers were my best friends you know we did everything together but if you're always together and you're always talking shop you're not giving yourself a break from that and so having people in other careers or just so that you, you're not just a teacher, mm-hmm. you're, you're a person. And so where, where are you going to have people to laugh with or cry with or have fun with, et cetera, or just spend time with? Because if you take a walk every day for an hour, but you do it with seven other teachers, what are you going to talk about? Right. And then the exactly. whole purpose of going on that walk or exercising is lost. It's a push. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's. That right there in itself is very valuable, and I've I've found tremendous benefit in that, and and Hope can testify to that too. I mean, when I go to the gym, 
none of those people are educators. Yep. They're they're all mixed martial artists, jujitsu, they're athletes, and we don't talk anything about teaching. Right. And when I come back home, it's like I just went to a therapy session and I am yeah. good it really to go. Is. Yeah. And 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 Hope saw it. She I, I told her I said I need to go to the gym. She, and we hadn't been able to spend any time together, just her and I. M- mind you, we had been spending time together for a whole entire month, but it was in, like you said, education. And so yeah. right. since we are, since we are in the bo- same profession, what and we live together, we're best friends, it was still just like, listen, I just need to get away and I need to see a different type of person right, <laughs> right now. It's and so it's, important. It, and, it, yeah. and, and it really, 45 minutes to an hour is a great reset from what you were talking about. Of just, I mean, oh my gosh, when, when when you talk about you going on walks with teachers and hanging out with just teachers, we used to do that all the time too. Yeah. And we got burnt out. You get tired. You get exhausted. It's like you're bench pressing 200 pounds over and over and over and over right. again without getting a break. And that was, oh my gosh. Well, I yes. remember in Those a therapy. Touchstones. I remember in a therapy session that I was in, this is one that I was doing by myself, and my therapist said, if this was back when Wade and I were literally every second, every waking second of our day was we were living, breathing, eating, sleeping, everything education. The therapist said to me, if you get in the car with Wade and I tell you that you cannot talk about education, right? what would you talk about? And I was like, whoa. We like, had, we, and, and right after that, we had a, a, there, there was like a few weird car, car rides because you could tell we were both <laughs> thinking about what are we supposed to say right now? Right. I mean, but that's a huge Everything problem. I mean, it, it, it is. My wife and I go out to dinner and we set ground rules. We go out to dinner on Sundays. We do a little like early bird special. Our dates are like 4 p.m. because we're 100. But um, same. we, yes, we say we're, we're not going to talk about work and we're not going to talk about our kids. And right? then the first time we did that, we just kind of sat in silence. Because <laughs> what do. do you do? I mean, you know. <laughs> it's weird. But now, but now we're used to it. So it's we have it dialed in. There's so much to talk about. And I think with education, I guess my last one of my last tips with this is running. You know, like imagine running. So a lot of teachers are are used to running like a six minute mile, right? But we haven't been running. And we haven't been running. So right now, instead of saying how many miles you're going to run, just set a quota of time. Like, I'm going to commit this much time to my profession. And when that clock is up, I'm going to stop. Yes. And you'll build stamina. You'll you'll learn to work more efficiently. You'll start to understand right. very quickly what your priorities right. are. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon you'll be back to running that six-minute mile, but you haven't forced it. It's just gone organically over time. I mean, you know, and that's the I – th- I think that – That is the thing that was so hard for me to accept and is so hard for me to accept still is that you don't have to give every single bit of you to give the best of you. And honestly, if you're giving every single bit of you, it's impossible for you to give the best of you because you are exhausted. You are, you know, you're you're mm-hmm. easily agitated. You're easily aggravated. You're not able to build those bonds. You're not able to even work efficiently because my mind for me, especially after being becoming a mom, gets so foggy. I'm like, Literally, I will pick up my phone to do something, and by the time I put my passcode in, I'm like, what the heck did I pick up my phone to do? Like, that is where, and when I get in places like that, I'm like, you're doing too much. Like, when I can't even remember what it is that I'm trying to do, 
that makes me recognize you're doing too much. And so, you know, I think that that is the biggest thing, again, for for educators and for people who are probably listening to this podcast, because I feel like if you're listening to podcasts, you're probably, you're constantly trying to grow. You're constantly trying yeah. to learn. You're, you're like the three of us sitting here. Right. And, you know, again, I mean, what what we've talked about in a progression is that awareness that giving yourself permission to set, you know, realistic expectations and then having accountability to stick to that because that, you know, is, and and a thing too about expectations that I want to add very quickly, because, you know, it is right now in the season that we're sitting in the beginning of the year, right? And for teachers, I know that in the beginning of the year, we imagine, you know, truly transforming our spaces and giving kids an educational experience like no other. Teachers don't care if they have to wear a mask or be six feet apart. Teachers are like, I just want to give them an amazing educational experience. So what we tend to do is with our enthusiasm for the year, we set so many expectations that we end up dropping as the year progresses. You know, what we start in in August, we can't maintain until January. And so I just really want to encourage teachers, again, to think about when you're implementing things what is it that you can implement but that you know that you can sustain until the end of the year? Because right. that consistency is what's going to make the difference. It's not the amount of expectations. Correct. It's not the amount that you do. It's the consistency that yeah. you have with what you choose to do. Yeah, yeah, and what I've heard both of you say is, I mean, you, you, you set those expectations, those realistic expectations that you can sustain. You have those hard cutoff times, but in that you will understand and you will develop and you'll realize what's truly important and priorities. Right. Literally, that's exactly what I've heard you both say, but in a little bit different ways. And that's the key. I I truly believe that's the key. Now, the other stuff that may be personal with you having to work through, I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect. And that may always be there. But Daniel, could you speak on that at all a little bit on the the, the perfection that people do struggle with? I know this isn't really what we're talking about. No, I think this seems to be a huge issue. The pursuit of perfection is is overwhelming. Imposter syndrome, right? I struggle with this. Oh, yeah. I struggle with this. And I know a lot of teachers do. Like, what what, who am I to think I can accomplish all of these things? And with perfection, it's all about curating small wins. We're actually looking for progress, not perfection. Right. And, and mm-hmm. we focus so much on product in education anyways, because our kids get grades and metrics yep. and state standards. Yep. We're a very product oriented field. But if you can put that secondary to the process, like what is your process as a person and as an educator? Mm. The number one gift you could give your students this year, as far as I'm concerned, is is joy, love and safety. Right. Yep. Emotionally speaking. And the only way that you can deliver those tangibles or intangibles is if you actually experience those things yourself. And so you have to love yourself more than your job. You have to love yourself more than your job. And we're taught not to. And we have your job. You you are are not not your job. job. You are not your job. More than a teacher. Yep. you, You have to love yourself more than your excuses, more than your expectations, more than any standard you're going to teach. And understand that if you if you can build small victories for yourself, small victories for yourself, like in this first month, I'm just going to accomplish these three things. But you know what? I'm going to do them so well. Whereas it used to be six, it's now three, but I'm going to hit these three out of the park. I guarantee you, your results will actually be better. Yeah. They'll be better and you'll grow confidence mm-hmm. and momentum to sustain those three into the next mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. And as you learn to work in an umbrella of time, if you can, and you set better worry hours, you set better work hours, you will become more efficient in the time that you're given, right? Yep. 
That's right. And then maybe you can add four. Maybe time February rolls around, you're jamming. You can see. You yep. can see. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, keep the main thing the main thing, which is just two or three, like, items, whatever those look like to you, to put forth in your classroom and do them really well. Because you know what? You can do anything but not everything. Mm -hmm. And so if you're still trying to do everything, you can expect to do nothing that well. That's right. That's right. And that's very digestible, I think. Yeah. For any human. That's right. That's, yeah. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. So we have unpacked a good <laughs> bit today. And, you know, I feel like, again, as teachers, we get back into the school year. We get back into the school system. We surround ourselves, like you said, with other educators. And right. many times it's it's we're putting out fires. We're solving the world's problems. We're educating kids. And we don't even stop long enough to assess and evaluate how we're feeling. So if anything, I hope that this episode is a wake-up call to educators to stop now mm -hmm. and really evaluate all right, let me let me stop for a couple of minutes and let me just be mindful of how I'm feeling in this space this year. And think about, are these feelings something that I can sustain or do I need to stop now and start taking care of myself right. so that come October, yep. November, December, I'm not feeling, you know, the trauma that I put my body through, my mind through, my soul through, you know, in the first couple of weeks of school. And I know that things are hectic and I know that things are busy, but... Bottom line, at the end of the day, and I'm just going to I'm gonna be like your best friend sitting in your ear telling you the truth, telling you what you need to hear. Those are excuses. Right. Bottom line, those are excuses because we're not wanting to maybe – for me, a lot of times it's that I don't want to face my anxiety because for me, stopping right. and taking five or ten minutes means that I have to be aware of the things that I'm struggling with. You have to sit and in that your feelings. Difficult. Yeah, sitting sit in your feelings. Nobody wants to sit in your feelings, but <laughs> teachers – you need to sit in your feelings because that is the only way you can address those things before they become too much, before they become overwhelming, before we get in a place where we throw up our hands and say, I just can't do this anymore. Right. There are there are things that we can do and put in place to make sure that that does not happen. Mm -hmm. right. And I would encourage anyone listening, uh, if, you've, if you've made it this far, we're on the home stretch. So <laughs> thanks for being here. That's right. But I would like you to write down three emotions that you would like to feel. And I'd like you to write them on a sticky note and put them on your bathroom mirror. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel less stressful. I want to feel whatever, rested. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have to look That's at those. You're, you're going to have to look at those every single day. And then as you go to work and you understand that what you're doing at work or how you're approaching work is not lending itself to those feelings, you're going to choose. And you have to choose you. You've got to yep. choose you. Or, or you might as well not go. That's right. Mm. That's oh, that's mm. and that right there, friends, is how we're gonna end this episode. Because mm. how how else how that else can is, you better sum it up? I mean, but that's so good because I yeah. love I love holding myself accountable and and it being easy and tangible. And that's an easy way to 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 see where you are currently and and how you're holding up to really str striving to feel those. Man, that's good. Yeah. Mm. So teachers, educators. Regardless of when you're listening to this episode, you know, think about seasons. And again, think about as we're implementing things and as we are facing new challenges, whether it be a new year or whether we're coming back from mm -hmm. Christmas break or, you know, there's so many different transitional periods in education to truly make sure that you are setting yourselves up for longevity in this career, that we are making teaching a sustainable profession. And that is not something that's going to come from the top down. That's going to come from the bottom up. Right. That is going to be teachers choosing themselves, teachers choosing one another, holding one another accountable for making sure that we are protecting ourselves 
ourselves, protecting our mental health so that we can truly show up well for students every single day. So we are looking forward in this coming season of, you know, talking a lot about teacher wellness, talking a lot, a lot about retention in this profession, because it is something that has to be talked about, or we're going to look back and, and wonder where all of the great teachers went. I know that the three of us are extremely passionate about, you know, teacher wellness and mental health and, and, and students, student wellness and mental health as well. And so I'm excited to dive into more conversations. So thank you, Daniel, thank for you, Daniel joining Daniel us for Patterson. this first episode of get the your Get Your Teach, teach on, on podcast. podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. And Daniel, remind them where they could, that you have so many value, you wrote a book, you have so many valuable resources that Mm -hmm. if they are like, you know, this year I want to choose me. I want to focus on myself and my mental health. Or this guy spoke to my soul today. Yes. Where can they find more of your resources or connect with you? Sure. Uh, Instagram, Patterson Perspective is my handle. Uh, I wrote a book that I'm very proud of called Recover EDU. It's a great book, by the way. communication guide for mental health in schools, but it has a whole chapter dedicated to and speaking to the professional or recoveredu.com has some great teacher resources on there as well that are free and download. So I highly recommend you checking those out and connecting with Daniel. And he's always so interactive with his messages. If you have questions and things like that, we are here as a community to be with you guys on this journey. So thank you for joining us for this episode, whether you are walking, running in your car, on your way to school, That's right. wherever you are, please know that right now in this season that you are enough that what you are offering your students every single day is enough. And that's simply by showing up and giving them the best that you can possibly give. And and that's what's realistic and that's what kids need. So let's focus on, again, those difference makers in the classroom um, every single day. And that is certainly you guys. So thank you for joining us for this episode and we will see you guys next week. Bye everybody. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. And edited by Andrew Weller, with production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.